Okay, welcome back, everybody. Reliving the Lights, Friday Night Lights Rewatch Podcast. Anthony and I are back. We are ready to talk Friday Night Lights. Pretty excited about it. Anthony, are, are you feeling ready to go, ready to, to get after it tonight? I am very excited, yes. Yeah, we got some, we got some, some good stuff to talk about tonight. I have copious notes. Um, <laughs> Same. Yeah, so... Uh, we won't waste too much time <clears throat> before we get into it this week, but I, I am curious uh, what you've worked up for yourself to drink tonight. Yes. Well, just <clears throat> like the last two weeks, I'm really on this mojito kick. Yep. And myself the secret, secret uh, not leaving <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okoboji, Iowa, except for it did. Uh, except recipe. I know. Yeah, <laughs> we both know. <clears throat> and uh, I actually had every intention tonight of replicating the recipe. And then I realized mojitos are a little more work <laughs> than I was prepared to put into it. So uh, I've, I've got some ingredients of your mojito, but then I just poured some pink lemonade into it and called it good. So nice. that'll be a nice uh, little mix. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is tasty. So. Well, right. like I like I kind of mentioned, I don't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago, but uh, you know I've got my little one uh, percent of an acre out on the porch, and <laughs> I've been growing this mint since late May, I believe, and and yeah. intending basically from the jump of us recording this podcast to make mojitos, and it took until uh, episode twelve <laughs> to actually finally do it. So I agree yeah. that they. They do take a lot of work more than you're, yeah, sometimes ready to do. So Yeah, especially if you're growing the ingredients yourself. That's a whole mm-hmm. a whole nother level. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I saw on your Snapchat today, not only are you producing mint on your 1% of an acre, you, you reaped a little harvest this morning of, of yeah. a different nature. Yeah, we got two jalapenos off in the last Ooh. couple of days. Uh, so I'm pretty excited. Not sure what I'm going to use them in yet, but uh, you know, I'm feeling real proud of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I grew jalapenos uh, a couple years ago in my little uh, square foot garden that I had. And I had more jalapenos than my body could handle. <laughs> yeah, was, I'm I'm yeah. almost worried. And I'm I'm a little bit, we don't want to turn it into a gardening podcast, but <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit concerned that um, because when it start once it started budding, like all of a sudden it seemed like they were growing. And uh-huh. I don't know if I maybe have it in too small a pot that it just, it doesn't have the energy that it needs because sure. I noticed like once the first two kind of hit maturity, like we kind of dropped a couple buds off mm. the, off the plant. So I, I that's why yeah. I was like, you know what? These are a little bit small, but they're, they're going to yep. get the job done. You we're going to cut them, them off there. to get the next ones, uh, next one's going. Have so. you considered repotting? Is that something you're looking into? Or? I've thought about it. It's just, it's so much work and, and then you got to go out and buy an extra pot and yeah. And how, we, how many jalapenos do you really need? Exactly. Maybe this exactly. is a sustainable uh, rate of growth. What, what I'm thinking at this point is that's maybe a project for next summer is do jalapenos again, but in a larger pot. Yeah, sure. Uh, are you a, uh, you like jalapenos? Are you a, a big salsa guy? Do you like salsa? I do, and I, you know, I go on salsa kicks. Yeah, right. I where I forget <laughs> how much I love salsa, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden I'm into it, and I'm like, yeah, I I, I go on weird kicks where I'll, I'll be eating salsa a ton, and then just yep. not eating it for like a full year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I I have some interest in, in growing a salsa garden, you know, grow some tomatoes, grow some onions, jalapenos, cilantro, and uh and give that a go. But 
I didn't do anything this year, so good on you for the jalapenos and mint and whatever else you got going. Yeah, Keep we've got some some basil out there. We actually tried to grow some cilantro this year, and it kind of crapped the bed on us. Um, wow. I I don't want to blame Angie, but it's kind of her <laughs> fault because she she wanted to grow it, and she got the idea of buying a, a second cilantro plant and planting it in the same pot, mm. and that was when things kind of started going uh, yeah. south for it. And now it's it's over for it. It's just yeah. a, it's just a pot full of dirt. It looks actually really <laughs> out of place out there. So yeah, overdid it a little. It happens. It's okay. Cilantro is the, the most, uh, I wouldn't be too, I, yeah, I wouldn't be too sad about, about not having cilantro around. Yeah. It's not my favorite. So, yeah. but a little bit in a very controversial. In a nice jar salsa. Little, yeah. Good. Well, um, Tune in, uh, go ahead and look for our gardening podcast along <laughs> with our OC podcast, along with our blue collar comedy tour podcast. <laughs> uh, they'll all be, they'll all be coming out soon. So we'll be, we'll be producing a lot of content. <laughs> yep. Yep. Doesn't look like COVID's going anywhere. So, you know, we got time. <laughs> all right. Uh, episode 14 of Friday night lights. We're going to get into it. Upping the ante. This episode came out January 31st of 2007. Anthony, why don't you hit us with the synopsis? You got it. And as always, or as almost always, we've got a synopsis written here by Movie Dude 1, which means uh, two sentences, (laughs) questionable (laughs) uh, grammatical um, structure. Yep, absolutely. So here we go. Coach Taylor continues to ride smash while the team gets ready for their upcoming playoff game. Tim is in search of his father and Jason stands up to Buddy Garrity, which sets him apart from Lila. All right. Thank you. Movie dude one. Uh, Not your worst. Yeah. You, I feel like was mostly grammatically okay and uh, not any run-ons really. No, no. One of your better ones, not the most descriptive, (laughs) but yeah, we'll go with it. All right, like I said, uh, this came out January 31 of 2007, directed by Allison Liddy Brown, written uh, Peter Berg, Buzz Bissinger. I'm just reading this now to make sure we don't have that that guy from last week who had just incredible plot holes and oh, yeah. consistency. Mess. Uh, Jason Gavin and David Hudgens. So I don't recognize any of those names, so it's not that guy. All right, so... Let's let's run down the episode here. We start out the the Garrities are having a little barbecue. Yeah, nice back. little nice little outdoor dinner yep. with the Garrity family and Jason Street. Yep, Lila and Jason are the the guests of honor. Honor, and uh, <laughs> Jason's starting to talk about quad rugby. He's really excited about it, and Buddy is just crapping on. He him. is crapping all over it. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, yeah, I literally just wrote <laughs> buddy <laughs> shitting on quad rugby. I actually have that too. I self-censored, but mine is, yeah. he is very much shitting on quad yeah. rugby. Yeah, buddy is just, he's crapping all over uh, quad rugby. He's like, keeps calling it like a hobby yeah. in like a really downtrodden way. I guess I don't know what the best word to put yeah, it. So but. It's, a, it's a nice hobby, but it's, it's, not a, it's not how you make a living. Yeah, can't make a living off of it. Must be a hobby. Yep. He also makes uh, a snide remark about the street family suing, quote unquote, his team. Yeah. <laughs> or quote unquote, my coach. team. This yep. is, yeah. Yep. 
so obviously things get really tense really fast with all of those comments, especially once the lawsuit gets brought up. And in the process, Jason tells Buddy, blurts out that uh, he and Lila are going to be getting married. Yeah. Which is news to the Garrity parents, for sure. Yeah, they are not not thrilled. No. Next, we visit Applebee's. Yes. We're back. <laughs> not Chili's. Back We're at Applebee's. <laughs> And they're doing a radio broadcast. Uh, I didn't notice. It wasn't Slam and Sammy, was it? It was not Slam and Sammy Mead. Oh, um, I'm not sure who it was. But yeah, it was a, um, a nice little live broadcast. Uh, and actually, right away, I was like, this is pretty ridiculous. But then I remembered that that actually happens here in Brookings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like they do uh, at the local like sports bar Cubbies. Oh, nice. They do a radio broadcast from there. And actually, like the guy who does it, is like friends with Angie's family. So, Oh, okay. There you um, go. (laughs) So not that ridiculous, but Matt gets called up by one of the DJs. He says, Matt Saracen here. Let's get him up here. And Julie, the next cut we see is to Julie and she is not thrilled. She's waiting outside Applebee's reading some, probably one of those free papers that are in the lobby of (laughs) restaurants and stores and stuff like that. Yep. This was before smartphones, so yes, she is. She grabbed some some free <laughs> right. literature. Yeah, just things that you would never do anymore. I didn't even consider that, but yeah. there's no way that I would be reading the paper. <laughs> no, I would be. Yeah, on Twitter probably. Um, so Julie's waiting for him outside. He comes out and he is aw shucksing and apologizing mm-hmm. and feeling really bad about the situation. What we find out is that the interview went on really long. Yes. And that's why Julie is annoyed because he's, yep. he was like, I thought they just wanted me to come up and say, hey, <laughs> and they start asking me questions. Boy, that guy can talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yes, as he's apologizing. Yep. The, the, a bunch of Panthers roll up in a car and Tim Riggins, this is your night, Saracen, and pull him in and, and drag him away. Uh, I want to just go back a second. Tyra is working at Applebee's and she'll come into the picture here in a second. But when she is waiting tables, she brings to the table of one of the, one of the football players who ordered the quesadilla burger. And I would just like to say, if you're going to eat at Applebee's, the quesadilla burger is the way to go. That is an excellent Applebee's order. Uh, My family, you know, it is definitely not fine dining, but it is the place where, you know, my dad, my mom, my two sisters and I could all agree like, all right, let's go to Applebee's. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was just curious. I, I'm, I don't know how often you visit an Applebee's, but uh, do you have an Applebee's order? I was actually about to say I have lived in a town with an Applebee's for eight years <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I've eaten there exactly three times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am not. And it's. It, to be fair to Applebee's, it is in like a really weird location in Brookings. Oh, yeah. So I never think of it. It's kind of like, so Brookings is set up weird because like 94% of it <laughs> is <laughs> on one side of the interstate and the yeah. other 4% of it is on the other side of the interstate. Where's the other 2%? Because <laughs> it was 94, say, oh, 94 and 4. <laughs> Let's try that again. 96 okay. and 4. Okay, all right. Yep. 94% is on one side of the interstate. 96 is on the other side of the interstate. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. 94 and six. <laughs> okay. We'll go with that. Or 96 and four. It doesn't matter. A large chunk. 
actually had a math test today, so my brain is just like mathed out. <laughs> yeah. It's right. not the booze is not in yet. Yeah, we'll give you a pass on that. Okay. Yeah. We'll do 96 and 4. 96 <laughs> is on one end, 90 or 4 is on the other end. All right. So the 4% is literally like it's Applebee's, like three hotels. Okay. And this is the Swift Hell Center over there. Yeah, the Swiftel Center, I think, is over so there. So the Applebee's is not really meant for locals then. Right, yeah. That's I think it's the, meant for yeah. people traveling between Sioux Falls and, like, Fargo right. to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yep. People that get into the hotel late and mm. just need to grab a bite to eat. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, uh, we did used to go to Applebee's. When we lived in Sioux Falls, we would go for the, like, it was, like, Wednesday nights, two-for-one appetizers. So, you know, get a, get an order of cheese balls and order of fried green beans and pay four bucks, you know? Right. Uh, well, in the last like couple of years, they've started doing like extremely cheap drinks. Mm. They'll do like a dollar margaritas for a whole month and like, Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. Dollar long Island iced teas for a whole month and et cetera. Yep. And so I feel like when they started that, there was like a full six months where like me and Angie and some of our friends were like, we're totally going to go to Applebee's and it never happened. <laughs> It has happened exactly zero times. Big plans. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't follow through. Yeah. But All also, right. yeah. Yeah. It's in a weird location in my town, but it's also, I'm not a big fan of Applebee's. Yeah. Right. I just want to throw that out there also. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't be going there much more if it weren't. If it was two blocks from your house. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Good. And yeah, same. <laughs> but there are worse places you can go. That's true. So, all right. So Applebee's, we got that covered. Uh, so Julie gets left behind. Tyra offers a ride home. Initially, Julie declines the offer. And I interpreted that as like, mm, it's Tyra Collette. I don't know if I should be accepting a ride from her. Um, but then she says, yeah, all right. Uh, I could use that ride home. And Tyra says, all right, hop in. We got to go to the strip club and pick up. Yeah. My- <laughs> yeah. She's, she does the, uh, we got her. Yeah. Hop in. Uh, I just got to stop and get my sister first. Oh, where she's at. She's at work. <laughs> where does she work? The strip club. The strip club. All right. So when we see smash, he is up at the crack of dawn. He's folding towels and making copies for coach, uh, in the locker room. Um, Great coach. line from Coach. Yeah. Uh, where he says, um, there's two ways to fold a towel, my way and the wrong way. <laughs> that is good. I didn't write that down. Yeah. yeah, that is good. So Coach is not happy. They have a little back and forth where Coach is basically reminding him, like, you put my butt on the line. Like, this isn't just, like, crappy for you. This is, you put me in a tough place. Has smash for his drug test, which he now has to undergo voluntary drug testing. And he does pass the drug test. Yeah. He's not, not pissing hot. Yep. (laughs) We find out that Tim Riggins has a speeding ticket and he's in court. He's in court for speeding and failing to appear in court the previous time. Yeah. Which I don't know how many speeding tickets you've got, but one in my life. I think. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I've gotten a lot more than that. <laughs> I've been pulled over for speeding three times, but I've only gotten one ticket. Nice. Uh, I've been pulled over for speeding 
a lot of times and I've gotten out of it quite a few times as well. Um, I will just admit right now, uh, I feel kind of bad, but for a long time I was able to play the youth pastor or <laughs> working at a Christian college, uh, card, um, which, which works in Northwest Iowa. Uh, let me tell you the two times that I didn't get, that I got pulled over and didn't get a speeding ticket. Yeah. I was out of state and I played the, Oh, I'm so used to 65 being the speed limit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know how much that played into, I think the time I got pulled over in Colorado, I don't think that worked, but I think yeah. the time in Northwestern Iowa, it did. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if you're from around here, you know that in Sioux city, they have those freaking traffic cameras, yeah. like speed trap radar things that take a picture of your car. And uh, I've gotten caught by those twice. And it's like over a hundred dollars, no matter what. But South Dakota stood up to them and yeah. was like, "Hey, we're not going to give you the license information of our of our state <laughs> vehicles." Yeah. So, yeah, questionable on the legality there. But anyway, um, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Tim, Tim. Tim Regan's in 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 court for a speeding ticket. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the deal is that, uh, either he gets the ticket signed by a legal guardian and it basically goes away. Um, if I remember correctly, or his license will be revoked and Billy is there, uh, flirting with someone else waiting for one of the other four people that are in the, uh, I'm not sure if the audience is the right word for court, uh, but. I'm assuming they're waiting for their turn of yeah, whatever they're there for court, but uh, also makes sense for what I assume is Billy's type. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, he does. He does have a thing with Tyra's sister for a while, who we've True. already mentioned works at a strip club. But uh, so Billy turns out Billy is not Tim's legal guardian, even though he is tasked with basically raising Tim, you know, uh, through high school. So, um, Tim's got to go find his dad and get the signature. I can't remember where Tim's mom is. Do we know? I never come into play. I don't remember either to be entirely honest with you, but, um, but yes, he is going to go and, and get it signed by Paul Riggins, Paul Riggins. Yep. Um, but we, we cut back and we see Julie and Tyra hanging out the next day and, Julie reveals to Tyra, to the surprise of nobody, that that was her first time in a strip club. <laughs> right. Tyra reveals that oh Buddy Garrity. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that Buddy Garrity is her sister's biggest customer at the um, strip club. Oh my gosh. At the strip club, yes. <laughs> I mean, Buddy Garrity is a well known man. Yeah. How, why is he? Town. That's like. A, while that scene was being played out and like Julie like reacts to it and she's like, Oh my gosh, you know, like gross, gross. (laughs) And I thought I actually had to rewind it because I thought that Tyra actually said like, I'm kidding, but she doesn't. It was just some weird other vocal (laughs) moment. They don't go back. Cause I was like, it would make sense if she was joking about that. Because like you said, like Buddy Garrity's too well known in the community to be hanging out in the freaking strip club. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Buddy Garrity, I mean, we know he's a sleazeball. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't completely put it past him. But at the same time, 
Like I find that pretty pretty unbelievable. Absolutely. Like what do we frequent customer at the local strip club in a small town? Did yeah, did we kind of agree that that uh Dylan is probably around like thirty to fifty thousand people? That's exactly what I would guess. Yeah. Like so yeah, if you're a booster and a used car dealer, right? That's like I'm trying to think of like uh, an anal- a good analogy. That's like the pr- like a dean at Northern U- State University, like <laughs> hanging out at the Silver Dollar in Aberdeen <laughs> regularly. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, a terrible idea. Buddy's a yeah. married man <laughs> with a high school daughter, <laughs> too and, high profile. Yeah, buddy. So <laughs> maybe he looks at it as supporting local business. I mean, we gotta assume we gotta assume that his wife knows. Maybe this is an absolutely. agreement they have. Yeah. <laughs> she absolutely has to know if he is her biggest customer. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Well, we will. Oh man. And I didn't even think about the complexities of being Tyra's sister's biggest customer. And yeah. then yeah. Tyra's mom comes to work for him. Yeah. Oh, that's getting real weird, buddy. Yeah. Buddy is, too strongly involved with the Colette family. <laughs> Goodness but, gracious. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll dig into that. Yeah. Uh, a later time. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> I got to shake that off a little bit. I just got, <laughs> just got the willies. I don't know. All right. So, uh, Tim decides to go get his dad's signature. He's going to go track him down, go find him. They kind of have his last address that they know that he was. But Billy's like, who knows if he's even there anymore? My question at this point of the episode, and we kind of found out later, is what the heck day is it? Like, he's just taken off <laughs> on a big yeah. road trip. They just had a big radio broadcast where everyone was hanging out at Applebee's, and now they're, yeah. So I was very confused at this point. Um, but Billy warns Tim very heavily about being careful with their dad, yes. being guarded and cautious. Yeah, Billy is so concerned like about something going wrong um, that basically during all of the uh, Tim and Pa Riggins scenes that we'll get to in a moment, Angie was like, I'm just like waiting on pins and needles, trying to figure out like how he's going to screw up. Like, yep. yeah, we get the, a little foreshadowing that Tim's dad maybe isn't the, I mean, we already knew that, but yeah. maybe isn't the most high quality guy, maybe not the greatest father figure. But Tim's going to go find him. Julie's talking to Tammy. Uh, she wants to go to a concert. Yeah, the old 97s. The old 97s. Do you know anything about them? I know they're like alt country. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of friends who are pretty into the old 97s. I feel like they come to Sioux Falls like oh. semi-regularly. And uh-huh. I have been invited to go to a couple well, old 97 shows, but I've never, uh, never accepted. So. Well, alt country sounds right up my alley. So yeah. I might have to check that out. Look into it. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, they they have a concert on a weeknight, and Tammy agrees to let her go. Did we know at this point that it was with Matt? I assumed it was with Tyra. I assumed it was with Matt because Matt's the kind of guy who listens to Bob Dylan and draws <laughs> pictures. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Duh. And also, we know later on. I think that there's like a season three episode in yeah. which um, Matt and Julie ACL. are going to go to yeah, yeah, ACLS. ACL, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um. Which is has definitely been a play like the one concert festival that I've always wanted to go to, Same. Austin City Limits Festival. Um, but 
Yeah, I assumed it was Tyra because, you know, Tyra Troublemaker wanting to go to a concert on a weeknight. But anyway, it's Matt. Uh, Tammy agrees to let her go, but it's basically like, don't talk to your dad about it. I'm going to talk to your dad about it. So Coach Taylor does not know about this concert situation. So Tim goes off. He's looking for his dad. He goes to his last known address. He talks to the landlord there and he's like, man, he got thrown out six months ago or something. Now, was it a landlord? I took it as an ex-girlfriend. I took it as a jilted lover. That actually makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. Jilted lover. Yeah. She says, I threw him out six months ago and I could see where you would take that as a uh, landlord, but I definitely took it as a, as an, uh, an ex-girlfriend. I wrote down an ex-girlfriend. I think in the context of the whole episode, that makes more sense. So yeah. that's good. Um, but she says he is often out uh, hustling at the golf club. So Tim heads out there and sure enough. Well, before, hold on. I do want to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about the end of their interaction. Because okay. Tim is walking back <laughs> to her car. Tim is walking back oh, to yeah. his car. Gross. And the... Uh, ex-girlfriend says hey if you find him tell him i want my conway twitty back because <laughs> yes. they don't sell him at target anymore <laughs> yes absolutely that was really good uh <clears throat> target doesn't strike me as a texas uh store no it it would have made a lot more sense if it was walmart i feel like for for texas but <laughs> yeah she wants her conway twitty mm-hmm. and i don't blame her you know you got some Conway yeah. Twitty records. You're going to want to keep those. Yeah. I assume they're records. I don't know. So uh, he does, Tim does find his dad at the golf course. They go and they, they talk in the clubhouse and we find out that his dad has gotten sober. How long did he say? I couldn't, I didn't write it down. I didn't catch it. Either. Not that long, he, but he's been sober for a, a little while now. Um, and he is, he seems excited to see Tim. He wants to hang out with him. So they decide to go out and get a bite to eat because he just won a bunch of money off of, yeah, hustling golf. some fellas. Yeah. We get a, a cut to Jason and Lila discussing the fallout of revealing the engagement uh, in a vehicle. Yes. Lila's kind of starting to get cold feet. She's suddenly not really mm-hmm. sure if this is what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, Street is pretty upset by this. Yeah. And she basically says that it's not that she doesn't want to marry him. She just doesn't want to rush into things. The first smart Lila Garrity uh, <laughs> thought. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, there were a couple. Of, there was one deleted scene that made a lot more sense of the whole um both the scene, it must have been originally like the very first scene of the episode because we see Jason and Lila picking out a ring. And in the process of that, um, they talk about like talking to Lila's parents. And she says, basically like, I don't think that my parents are ready for that. And she's already kind of cluing them into it, cluing Jason into it, that she is maybe wavering a little on her enthusiasm for getting married. So it didn't, I felt like it, yeah, gave a little bit more uh, insight into that whole conversation instead of Lila just all of a sudden be like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, that doesn't go over well. Jason doesn't take that very well. And yeah, understandable. You know, you ask somebody to marry you and now they're like, eh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe we should wait. <laughs> uh, we cut to a football practice, and the coach is still really just ride and smash hard. Yeah. And Buddy, of course, is there in full suit <laughs> and is very concerned about smash yeah. and and how hard coach is, is playing him. Yeah, coach has smashed, like doing lead blocking and stuff like that, where he's just having to get out in front and basically, yeah, take huge hits and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but Buddy's there for a different reason as usual he's concerned with the team but he's got ulterior motives for being there and that is to get coach on some tv show (laughs) yeah Yeah, some like post access tv show that yeah they end up calling the eric taylor show for yeah i don't know yep um (laughs) kind of i don't know in the process of that like coach taylor's not excited about this but then he kind of gets this realization that he can rope somebody else into this so (laughs) He grabs Matt Saracen of all people. Like, I don't know. Why yeah. wouldn't you just grab Smash or somebody who's yeah. talking? Yeah, but. Smash would be the obvious choice. Like, in the very least, Tim Riggins, who I guess isn't there. So he's Yeah, that's true. He's missing practice. And Smash is in the doghouse, I guess. That's so. true. That's true. And yeah. So yeah. you get your QB1. That makes yeah. sense. It does. But not a great choice. No. Goofus uh, Malufus extraordinaire. <laughs> Matt Saracen. Uh, and so the TV show happens to be at the same time as the concert that Matt and Julie were supposed to go to. And so Matt is breaking that to Julie. Like, I got this thing with your dad. I got to go on TV. I'm kind of excited about it because I get to be on TV. <laughs> yeah. I've never been on TV before. I think he says something like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Julie's like, all right, uh, this is the moment where I become like the coolest, most understanding, yeah, most girl. patient. Yeah. And <laughs> Saracen's like, good, because by the way, <laughs> I also need you to watch my grandma while I'm while I'm on TV. Uh, Matt is is putting Julie through the ringer. Yeah. Uh, in this episode, like he is first. Yeah. Just in the Applebee's and then. the <laughs> Yep the you know taken away with the boys and uh and now the tv appearance to pull out of the concert and then the last but not least well actually it's not even the last thing that he does in this episode but asked to to watch grandma yeah so while he's on tv all of julie's fears about dating a football player are coming Coming true. true yeah she's she's living the nightmare right now basically um, I was going to say, like, why wouldn't Matt just get Landry to do it again? But then I remembered that when Landry watched Grandma Saracen, she ended up in a closet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> accusing him yeah. of touching him or him inappropriately. So yeah. Landry has lost Grandma yeah, Baby Sinews, which I'm sure he's not upset about at all. But <laughs> yeah, I actually, by the end of this episode, wrote down, where is Landry? Because he has been missing. I did too. Missing. I was just going to say that. Where the heck is Landry? He, he has been yeah. missing. Have no fear. He shows yeah. up soon. Yeah, we get a... <laughs> they find a way to work him in. We get a yeah, a triumphant return of Landry soon and a triumphant return, I don't want to ruin it, but uh, of uh, another great uh, something in the show. But we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. Yeah, we'll have to because I'm not sure what you're alluding to, but... Oh, you, now, you will. Now I'm, now I'm titillated. Yeah, it won't be long. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Tim and Pa Riggins are out bowling. 
<laughs> and um, a waitress stops by the table and and tells Tim how much his dad talks about him and how really yeah. proud he is. So proud. Yep. Always talking, talking Tim up. Always giving the update after the games on Friday. My question on this. So when the waitress comes up, that's because Tim's dad has to run off and go get something. Yes. And he go gets his new bowling ball. <laughs> yeah. and my question is, why didn't you have your new bowling ball like right when you started bowling? Yeah. Aren't they like mid-game? Yeah, it seems like. Absolutely. They're they're already throwing ball. We see him throw a couple balls. Like, oh yeah, I got this new bowling ball that apparently I've been waiting a month for it to come in. <laughs> but oh well, maybe maybe it still had to get drilled or something while he was there. <laughs> Who knows? It was still yeah. All right. So Tim is really he's touched by that. He yeah. feels he feels pretty good. Yeah, about. he decides to stay the night. Yeah, yep. We asked his dad, like, you know, if we're gonna go out to eat after this, maybe it's just easier if I stay overnight. And once again, at this point in the episode, I was like, "What the heck day is it right now?" Yeah, <laughs> but we find out later that that Tim is just blowing off school and yeah. practice. <laughs> it's definitely a weekday. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that answers that question. Uh, then we then we go to the Coach Taylor show. Yeah, we're on set at the coach Taylor show, uh, the Eric Taylor show, <laughs> the Eric Taylor show. And so featuring coach and Matt Saracen, yeah. and it is kind of shit show. Yeah. It is not going well at all. Yeah. Um, um they're like fighting over the function of the remote. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're, yeah, they're fighting over that. It doesn't coach. He's like, why don't you ask me a question, Matt? Yeah. And Matt says, all right, uh, is Smash starting on Friday? <laughs> <laughs> and Coach looks at him with just this death stare, and he's like, why would you ask me that? <laughs> he's so mad. Buddy Garrity is, like, behind the cameras, cracking he up. He is losing it. <laughs> Trying not to lose it, but he's... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, literally the worst question you could ask Coach at this point. Yeah. Because yeah. just to remind everyone... Nobody else knows that Smash is on steroids. Nobody else knows why Smash is mysteriously on the bench. But Matt's just going to go ahead and ask anyway. Um, so we see, while this is going on, we see Julie is watching Grandma Saracen. And she's like, oh, uh, the doorbell rings. And she's like, uh, by the way, I invited somebody over. I hope that's okay. Grandma Saracen's like, oh, well, I like company. So yeah, I don't mind company. <laughs> and so she opens the door and it's Tyra. And the next cut we see is Tyra pouring wine <laughs> for yeah. Graham. Into like Grandma a Saracen. tumbler. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's not like a, a an elegant uh wine glass pour. It's just <laughs> Yeah. She's um, getting Grandma Saracen. Uh, and I believe they're polishing off that bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> so. And yeah, Grandma Saracen is, she's definitely like more lively than we've seen her, I think, up to this point. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. She's cracking yeah. up. And yeah, absolutely. But I'm a little bit concerned about how that may mix with her meds. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is problematic on many levels. Yeah. One of them being that those girls are like 13 and 14 years old. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're giving Grandma a pedicure, 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 pedicure. <laughs> and uh, they are talking about Julie dating Matt and how he, how Julie should be handling dating a football player now. Um, 
<laughs> having a little girl talk, which is weird, I feel like, for Grandma Sarah. Yeah, in front of Grandma right there, yeah. But Grandma's loving it. She's got some ladies. I have a feeling that Grandma Saracen doesn't get a lot of, of uh, female company since she is living with Matt Saracen. Right, so. yeah. She seems to be enjoying it. I just hope that, you know, that the alcohol doesn't interfere with her meds. I'm concerned about <laughs> Grandma Saracen. And that's very, yeah, that's very noble of you. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. <laughs> uh, we we go back to the set of the Eric Taylor show. <laughs> um, we had a great Buddy Garrity quote that I thought was really funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you caught this or not, but Buddy says, uh, Buddy, he's talking to Coach Taylor about um, the proposal. Yep. And he says... Jason is a quadriplegic. I know that's not PC to say, but I have to think about my daughter. <laughs> quadriplegic is about the most PC thing <laughs> yeah. that you could say. There are and so many more slurs that you can, <laughs> yeah, ableist you could go, slurs that you can Yeah. Use. You could go a lot worse directions than that, buddy. Um, <laughs> technically, he is wrong because quadriplegic is somebody who has right. lost hands and yeah, everything below the neck. But like, really considering the things that we've seen Buddy Garrity say up to this point and the things that we'll see him say in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Say, calling Jason a quadriplegic is <laughs> far from the least PC thing uh, that that Buddy will say. And for that to be the only time that he's concerned about it, I got yeah. a real chuckle about the whole thing. <laughs> so that just made me think, if it's quad rugby, how would a quadriplegic play quad rugby you gotta have your arms you know i was wondering that too i mean there's um, that there's that guy who is who has like he's uh got his arms off at the elbow mm-hmm. who plays so maybe that qualifies as a quadriplegic i yeah, i don't know but and i i wonder that too because i thought that quadriplegic was straight up the like term yeah and it wasn't until angie was like no i think that's it's something different we ended up googling it I'm Googling it right now. Yeah. So I'm yeah, not sure. Yep. I'm not sure why the term quad rugby is quad rugby, but I didn't realize that it was actually originally called murder ball. I did. Oh yeah. Note, I did note that the Jason was looking later on that Jason's looking at pictures of the murder ball guy. Yeah. But okay. I'm not going to dig into it. It didn't pop up on the first little Google summary. So we don't know. Just, uh, a funny thing for Buddy to say in the way that he did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then, as Coach is leaving, Buddy tells Coach, he did a great job on the show. <laughs> can hardly keep a straight face. Like he's doing everything he can to not bust out laughing while yeah. he tells Coach he did a good job. Um, and he also mentions that he wants Coach to talk to Jason Street. Yes. Yep. Uh, about the lawsuit and, yep. and all that. Uh, we see Smash and Mama. Smash, Smash is flipping out because of how hard he's working and about basically his body's not performing without the juice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, D- did you catch the outdated pop culture reference in that scene? I did not. The first line in that scene, as we cut to these Smash family household, mm-hmm. Mama Smash says. Child, where you been? It's almost time for Leno. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yep, which was my high school experience, so I didn't really notice it, but yep. <laughs> good point. Very real. 
It's a good point. Um, we, we, after that little exchange, we cut back to Tim and Pa Riggins, and this is the triumphant return I was yes, talking about. absolutely. It didn't even strike me until after the scene. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I I'm noticed right sure away. Tim was drinking beer. <laughs> so Two of them, or four of them on that in that scene. Okay, perfect. I wasn't sure because I was going off of memory because I didn't want to rewind that far. So there were two empties on the yep. table. Yep, I remember Tim that. finishes one and then opens a fourth. And Boom. I was wondering, maybe those first two belong to his dad, but his dad is drinking a different brand. Yeah, because he's sober. So, yep. Oh, yeah. oh, he wasn't even drinking. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it was it was a can of something. It was. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's exciting. I feel like we need to like insert like theme music, celebratory <laughs> music here. The Tim Riggins Big Rig Beer Tally is back with yes. four beers. It is back with a vengeance because there's a couple more later in the episode. But we'll, we'll oh get my to goodness. That. What was I doing? I didn't even notice. Yeah. I've got uh, six total in this episode. I don't oh, want to ruin it for the for the segments. Obviously, we'll talk dang. about it later. But beautiful. Yeah, we've got uh, a full six pack that Tim puts away in this. I updated the spreadsheet yesterday, and we were at twenty four. So we were at the full case uh, prior to this. So at this point in the episode, we are up to twenty eight beers this season, yes. um, which we had a lot of time off on the Big Rig Beer Tally. Yes. But still, we are on episode fourteen, and we still have twenty eight beers drank by a fifteen year old. So yes. we're doing good. <laughs> we're doing good. Yes, that's yes. exciting. We'll, we'll we'll dig into the rest of that later on. Yep, but, sounds good. Um, but yes, uh, we get the Big Rig Beer Tally. They have a conversation. I don't even remember what they talked about because I was so excited about. Uh, yeah, the beer. <laughs> I just, I just wrote that it was a nice father son yeah, moment. moment. They kind of have, yeah, kind of a bonding moment. Um, we do find out at this point. This is where I was like, oh, he Tim has been missing practices. That's why he's just able to be gone for a couple yeah. days. Um, but yeah, it's a nice moment, and we see the next day they're out golfing. They're on the course, and they make a gentleman's bet. Yes. On the match. Yeah. If uh, if Tim wins, Dad has Paul Riggins has to <laughs> has to come to Dylan and <clears throat> excuse me, I just hit oh, puberty there. Yeah. Congrats. Let's start that again. Uh, so if Tim wins, <laughs> Paul Riggins has to come to Dylan and and watch Tim play. And if uh, if Paul Riggins wins, uh, Tim won't tell the jilted ex lover. <laughs> Yeah. where uh, Paul Riggins is. Yeah, Lydia, which is one of my favorite names and just seems wrong to have Paul Riggins' uh, <laughs> <laughs> jilted ex-lover name be named Lydia. I don't know. Anyway, that stuck out to me. Um, and right then, I don't remember exactly what happens, but I just have Dad, or I'll go with Paul Riggins. I had Dad Riggins, but Paul Riggins shows some dickish competitiveness Yeah. Right away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we see him really, you know, get, get competitive. Like you said, I yep. don't have any more words for it. Yep. Uh, so then we, we go to practice and smash isn't doing very well. And coach Taylor is kind of <laughs> yelling at him a little bit. Smash talks back and coach has him go run 20 suicides. Brian. <laughs> yeah. He does a full on, Brian, <laughs> like it's it's uh, 
This show between I think Mama Smash and like that line by Coach has made me unable to pronounce Brian without <laughs> thinking in my brain. Brian. Brian. <laughs> Rummy 20 suicide. Brian. Brian. Like he, is, he says it with such just a yeah. verbal. Yeah. Yeah. He does it. He does it on purpose. Brian. So. Uh, I'm glad that you wrote that out because I noted it, but I didn't write it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tammy and Coach are talking. Tammy tells Coach to maybe chill out about the whole smash situation. Yeah. She's she's pretty critical of, of Coach's handling of the situation. Um, she says Coach is being so hard on Smash that he's losing his confidence, which none of us want to see. <laughs> if Smash doesn't have his swagger, yeah. what does Smash have? Then he's just Brian. Brian. You know, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Coach goes and, and visits Smash and admits that he was wrong. To, to handle the situation the way he did. Uh, some lo- local youths come up. <laughs> the youths. And uh, and they say, you know, uh, hey, are you really Coach Taylor? <laughs> uh, and the kid's like, this is my name. Watch out for me. Yeah, 2014. Freshman class yeah. of 2014. <laughs> 2014. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, in Smash basically is like, that was me, Coach. Like, that was that was me when I was a kid. And coach has a big talk kind of in that process of, um, which I thought was, is going to give him some definite points on the coach Taylor inspo rating. I thought it was a very nice talk just about um, remembering why he plays the game, um, not forgetting why he plays the game and stuff like that and what football is all about and reminding reminding himself and admitting or reminding smash and admitting that sometimes he needs to remind himself about what football is all about. And so uh, coach and smash go and play some touch football with the, yeah. with the neighborhood kids out in the, the empty lot, which is pretty heartwarming, pretty, pretty fun touching to see. little moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did notice that coach Taylor for being the quarterback coach that trained one of the greatest high school quarterbacks of all time jason street has pretty questionable throwing form uh when it comes to throwing a football you know what they say about being a coach (laughs) is um you know michael jordan would never be a a good coach because he's too naturally gifted and obviously he's he's worked so hard that or he has worked hard enough that to to reach the level that he reached but that's why like somebody like steve kerr is a great coach because he had Ah. to really work hard on top of I mean, he yes. was naturally talented, but not like Michael Jordan. Was. Yeah, that makes sense. They say the best people, the people that make the best coaches aren't the standout athletes, but the people who, you know, really, really, really have to work because they didn't have just there natural talent to get there. There you I, go. I kind of worded that poorly, but no, that makes that's sense. That's what I think about Coach mm-hmm. Taylor. So that makes sense uh, because I suck at giving music lessons, and that's not because that I'm extremely talented. It's because I just had a mediocre level of talent that was able to get me through, and I never worked at it. I'm not saying I'm awesome at music, but I just had enough. could have been had you put that work in, but then you'd still be a bad teacher because you had the natural talent. Yeah, Right. So I'm... I'm, I don't love giving music lessons (laughs) because I never worked at anything. Yeah. That makes sense. A a shining example uh, of yourself. (laughs) <laughs> so uh Pa Riggins wins the golf game. Tim is disappointed. 
kind of says, hey, if you didn't want to come to the game, you could have just told me. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I think even though I agree with that sentiment, I think Paul Riggins had a good point where he was like, hey, we were playing. Again. Like, what do you want me to do? Just lose for you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, not, not to say that Paul Riggins was fully in the right, but no, I think that was a, you know, yeah. he, had a, he had something of a point. Yeah, you want to win. I I don't I don't think I would make that same statement because I think as a dad he shouldn't have been so thrilled that he didn't have to go Sure, yeah, he did get a little bit arrogant about yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't have to go watch his son's football game. Like if he's that into it that he is telling the waitress at the bowling alley every single week <laughs> about Tim's yeah. football accomplishments, like shouldn't he want to go? see his son play football. So I did feel like it was a pretty jerk move, but he makes his, his dad, Paul Riggins makes the point that it's not necessarily going back to see him play football. It's going back to Dylan. He doesn't want to go back to Dylan. That's a whole different thing. Um, Tim is very torn up about this. He's very hurt and he starts walking away to leave. And Pa Riggins makes a big scene. I mean, it's a golf course, so any outbursts are going to be get, garner a Noticed. lot of attention. Yeah. yeah. And he um, has the get back over here and shake my hand like a man. Yeah. Line. Yeah, weird moment. But uh, Tim doesn't go back and shake his hand like a man. He he drives back to Dylan, and as soon as he gets back into the Riggins home, he cracks a beer. And Hey-o. doesn't even get one swig of it before the rally girls show up <laughs> and and pull them away to a party. Um, so we're counting and, that, though. Yes, because he brings the beer with him. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, in the vehicle. That's great. Yeah. Way to go, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The rally girls come in. They kidnap Tim. They kidnap Matt. Uh, all the Panthers. Uh, it's it's for a fundraiser. It's for charity. That's all we know. And then um, it turns out they're at a big party and they're doing a hot tub photo shoot. Yes, for, for a, a calendar. Calendar. My question is, who is buying this calendar? Right. Of fourteen to eighteen year old boys. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. Boys. I feel like the calendar thing. That that in itself wasn't so like I could see me and like Colin Duffy doing that in high school, <laughs> like <laughs> jokingly making a calendar. Yeah, absolutely. Of, you know, but the photos were them like all holding beers and stuff, or like at least red solo cups. Yeah, half so. naked teenagers holding alcohol. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not and sure pr- exactly provocative poses oh absolutely yeah Yeah. which is why matt gets in big trouble for this um but he matt is very aw shucksing about the whole thing the whole time like oh guys i don't know if Um, i should be doing this yeah (laughs) yeah uh uh, um i do want to note because i always have to note before he gets pulled into the hot tub for the photo he sees smash at the party and you see the confidence in Saracen, he goes from goofus malufus to like normal dude yeah. <laughs> upon seeing Smash. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I did notice that turn. Absolutely. Yeah. 
so the bromance lives on. Yes. For better we or for love worse. to see it. We absolutely <laughs> we love to see it. Yeah, where he was aw shucksing about the whole thing. Once he sees Smash, it kind of turns. He kind of gives into it. And then by the end of it, he's basically getting drunk with a bunch of half-clothed girls in a hot tub. Mm -hmm. And they're snapping pictures of it for the calendar. Um, The turnaround time on this calendar is very... wrote that down too. Yeah. (laughs) The next day, the the calendars are in hand. Somebody put in some real work. They're account. burning the midnight oil for the Seriously. for the teenage half naked <laughs> alcohol calendar, yeah. Because <laughs> we'll get to that, but Julie Julie sees it literally the next morning at yeah. school. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we see Coach is getting ready to go to a, a hearing at the courthouse for the lawsuit with the Street family. And Coach goes, and he and Jason have a little conversation about Lila. And Coach has a line where he says, marriage isn't the cure-all, which I thought is really wise. You gotta, you better make damn sure, you know, um, about the whole thing. And Jason says he is sure, but Lila is the one who isn't. Um, but yeah, uh, in this moment as a married man, I would also like to echo, that is fantastic advice that <laughs> marriage is not the cure-all. You can't just get married and it'll fix all your problems. Uh, so for all of you people who are considering getting engaged, uh, just know that your problems will only be amplified once you get married. Uh, as a person in a four and a half year relationship <laughs> with no engagement intended at any time soon, I would yeah. like to co-sign <laughs> that, that yes. statement. Yeah, very good. So Jason gives, or coach gives Jason some great advice. And then they both, they both laugh about how pissed buddy was when Jason yeah. said that he was uh, going to marry Lila. Mm. And Jason says, sorry, they're making you do this on game day coach. Uh, I, that wasn't my choice. Um, which was another finally rooting in the <laughs> uh, space time continuum for me. I finally understood where we were at. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's Friday. Okay. All right. So the all the Panthers were out getting drunk and taking pictures on Thursday, Thursday night, night. Yeah. or game day. Uh, Julie finds out about the photo shoot. Yeah. They, uh, she confronts Matt at her locker and she has reached her boiling point. Yeah. Which is a, honestly, I got to say the Julie Taylor Hayden meter is going to be real real low into the negatives this week because she yeah she hung her put there. up with a lot yeah she hung lot, in there a long time but she's absolutely devastated she is you know on the verge of tears if not crying and in fact julie asked matt like hey what were you doing last night and i can't remember what matt says but yeah. it wasn't He's, it didn't have anything to do with getting photographed in a hot yeah. tub with half naked girls so not only does Matt, uh, yeah, go through the photo shoot, but then he lies about it. Julie knows he lies about it. She's devastated. Doesn't go well. Yeah. So we don't officially see them break up, but it's kind of Julie's mm. demeanor implies it. Yeah. Um, and we'll get a little bit more of a taste of that in episode 15, but I don't want to yep. get ahead of ourselves here. Yep. Um, we see Smash exhausted out of breath running ran across campus to <laughs> coach's office yep 
knocks and comes in and says, sorry, I was across campus. He's short of breath. Uh, you wanted to see me. And coach says, you're starting tomorrow or starting tonight, I guess. Tonight. Yep. You're okay. starting at tailback. I don't know if he says tonight yeah, or tomorrow, but no, maybe you're starting at tailback. Yeah. Starting at tailback. But it is tonight. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then coach is like, what do you want to hug or something? Get out of here. We cut to right before the game and smash the, uh, the juicer, the former juicer, is leading the prayer before the game. Yes, he's another of, pretty super superficial prayer. Yeah, he's got a lot of justs <laughs> and gods and lords kind of interjected all throughout. Um, again, not trying to judge, but I think it <laughs> it's trying to make a point. Yeah. So uh, he leads the prayer, and then he leads the clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose chant. And once again, I get goosebumps at that yep. point, um, which is very good. When this happened, it really brought me back to high school and that locker room moment and how like goosebump worthy those moments were when I was actually a part of that. So I thought uh, I had the idea maybe when this episode's come when this episode comes out, I will do my best to recreate the. Um, playlist that we listen to oh, every boy. week before our football games in the locker room. There's a lot of Slipknot. There's a lot of corn. Um, Limp Biscuit, Faith, right? Limp Biscuit. That, that was the victory song. Was yeah. uh, if we won, we listened to Faith by Limp Biscuit and well, covered by Limp Biscuit. I'm yeah. sorry. Ugh. And Take on Me, covered by Real Big oh, Fish. No, even worse. <laughs> Those are great covers. I mean, they they don't do the original songs justice, but come on, bro. <laughs> anyway, I will I will put that playlist together and I will Same. I will put it out, uh, and you can all judge accordingly. That's fine. So, Billy Riggins like comes and interrupts right before the run out. Yeah, uh, and says, "Tim, I need an extra ticket to the game." And Tim's like, "I'm literally about to go take the field." And he's like, no, you know, I need an extra ticket to the game. Paul Riggins showed up. <laughs> yep. His dad, dad showed up. Um, oh, thank goodness. So that is that is where we cut. And that is the end of the episode. Paul Riggins is there. Good. All right. Um, that is the episode. So we will be right back to dig into a few of our characters. Yes. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go a little deeper into some of our main characters this episode. I think it's fitting to first of all dig into Tim Riggins and Pa Riggins um, and kind of what's going on there. So, yeah, we we learn a little more about Tim Riggins' dad. We know that Pa Riggins is a point of contention between yes. Tim and Billy. We we found that out previously. Uh, but now we we get a face to the name. We get a little bit of actual seeing Pa Riggins in in uh, in action in all his glory. Um, so, what do you feel like we learn about the the Riggins family here? Yeah, I in particular thought it was a nice touch that Pa Riggins is a golf hustler, and that's basically what he makes his living on. Having found out a few episodes ago that Billy Riggins is apparently an exceptional golfer. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. Golf really a great runs connection. in their family. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? He almost got his card 
or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> tour yeah, is PGA the, Tour card for the tour. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, so um, apparently Pa Riggins and Billy at one point must have had a fairly decent relationship. That mm-hmm. Billy Billy became a good golfer um, in the process. So that's a good point. Yeah, definitely. We really continue to see Tim's maybe glossing over of past offenses. Uh, I can't remember if it's in the next episode or in deleted scenes or what, or if it's in the campfire scene where Pa Riggins is like, yeah, Billy saw some stuff. You were maybe a little young, but Billy saw some stuff that was pretty rough. And Tim was like, I was 10 years old, dad. Like I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we, we, for whatever reason, because he was young or whatever, we do see that again, that Tim is much more eager to forgive Pa Riggins than Billy is. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I think it, it definitely opened up that. And we kind of saw it in that dinner with, uh, the Riggins family and the Taylor family <laughs> Yeah, that, that Billy is pretty over it and he's going to do his own thing. But Tim is still, still sees his dad in a positive light despite his indiscretions. Yeah. Billy has given up. Tim still is maintaining hope that, that maybe Pa Riggins can be okay for sure. Yeah. That dinner, uh, one of the most awkward sequences of this entire show definitely makes me think of just to because the last office reference was was a hit that i (laughs) got feedback on (laughs) very reminiscent of the office dinner party episode with with michael and jan that is maybe the most cringeworthy uh episode of tv that i've ever seen um (laughs) it wasn't quite on that level but the the billy riggins the the riggins and taylor dinner party was pretty rough um, we get a little development on, on Matt and Julie. Uh, we yeah, mentioned it, but, but Julie's pretty admirable in this episode. Yes. Julie is putting up with a lot, yeah, a lot of, of Saracen's crap. And, and to be fair, it isn't all Saracen's fault. I, d- I don't, um, I don't think it's really Saracen hardly at all. It's just he's being thrust into these situations as QB1. Yeah. I don't think Matt would ever choose these situations for himself as but, a guy who listens to Bob Dylan and <laughs> paints pictures. This would not be his first his first choice on how to spend a Thursday night. But. Right, but he did lie about it, and that's that's on him 100%. Absolutely, yeah. And um, him kind of making the call to have Julie babysit grandma and like that, the way yeah. he brings it up. It's he makes some questionable calls. It, it, it wasn't, but it's definitely not all his fault. No, but the, the, the watching grandma Saracen thing was not a request. It was, Oh, by the way, ye, I need you to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is pretty scummy. So yeah, this is maybe the first episode where we get the, the underbelly of Matt Saracen a little bit. He's not <laughs> the, standing the up to the underbelly. Yeah. <laughs> so Matt and Julie are not in a great place uh, when we when we conclude this episode for sure. Smash. He is working hard to get back yeah. in the good graces. Um, Coach is riding him hard. Yep. Uh, 
And, and, and Saracen even, or not Saracen, Smash even says, like, I've just decided, like, I don't need you to like me, coach. Like, I'm just going to do what I have to do. I'm going to do everything that you asked me to do. doesn't matter if you like me or not, but I'm going to do everything I can, you know, to kind of reinstate myself in a good standing. But a little redemption, I feel like, with with Smash and coach yeah. here. Which for is sure, for good sure. That the the scene of them playing playing football with the local youths, um, really, you know, it was a, it was very touching. Yep, getting back to the heart of it. Uh, to go back to Julie Taylor, second, we see a little bit of the rebellious nature of Julie Taylor. Yes, in this episode. It's it's kind of at the beginning of the episode, and then we don't really necessarily hit it real hard um, towards the end. But Julie's. She's gonna, in class at this point, or is that next episode? That is next episode, but yeah. um, what? but yeah, we're definitely we're starting to see shades of who Julia will maybe become and why there is a Julie Taylor <laughs> hate meter <laughs> Right. Yeah, maybe if this is your first time, you're beginning to see, oh, wait a minute. Uh they might have something here with a hate meter Um, but overall, overall, Julie still. Very likable, um, very respectful for hanging in. As as we mentioned during the synopsis, uh, I think she's going to reach, in my book, the highest uh, that she, or the lowest, I guess, (laughs) that she'll reach (laughs) on the the hate-a-meter, at least up to this point, because we, we see her, even though we do see that rebellious side and see her start to make some really questionable decisions, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think, I think we may have actually forgotten. Did we mention that Tyra shoplifts for her? Yeah, we did. We did. I don't, is that in this episode? Yes. Yeah. It's when, um, it's after, I think we got so caught up. You're right. Oh, we got so caught up with (laughs) Tyra mentioning that Buddy Buddy Gary is her number one customer that we forgot to mention that Julie, uh, yeah. Tyra shoplifts for Julie. Yeah. uh, Some makeup at the store. Yep. Yeah. So, Julia's dipping into, yeah, some some sketchier sketchier mm. activities, sketchier behaviors. Um, but for the most part, yeah, we're we're with you, Julie Taylor. At this point, Amy T. Garden, come on the show. We love you. Yes, um, we'd love to have you on the show. Glad you got to see those fireworks at Disney. We. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anybody else that we need to talk about? Anybody on your mind? Um. I don't think anybody else is really makes that much of an impact in the episode. We've got the, the Lila and street back and forth, but it's uh, right. right. Yeah. This is kind of par for the course with Lila and street. They're together. They're not, they're going strong. They're on the rocks. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of typical for them. Um, yeah. Other than that, this was a, zero football episode yeah all all drama practice right we had a little practice but even that was (laughs) very pretty minimal yeah very minimal so um yeah a lot of a lot of drama a lot of character development so we will go into the details of what we thought uh when it comes to our awards i think we're ready to move on to our our next part of the show
All right, we are back. We're going to get into our awards for this week. As always, we start out with the Coach Taylor inspirating Coach Taylor, our central figure uh, throughout the show. So we're going to start out with him. Um, I'm pretty high on Coach this week. How are you feeling? I am mostly high on Coach. Um, I agree with Tammy that he kind of took it a little too far on Smash. So I'm going to deduct a couple points for that. Fair. But I'm going to say he is a seven. Out of 10. Nice. Yes, he was hard on Smash. But I think that set him up really well for the conversation with Smash at Smash's house in his neighborhood. Yeah. Remembering the love of the game, getting back to the heart of it, and then uh, playing some touch football with the neighborhood kids, you know, just to, to really remember, like, why we do what we do when we're on the field, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so I was thinking eight on on the Coach Taylor inspiring, just because I love that. I love that kind of – it almost – in my mind, it almost, like, bumps him up points to start out at a rough place, but then to redeem. That's true. That's true. It. So and he does have the, the Eric Taylor show, which is a <laughs> – uh, a disaster, but uh, in a great way, it's a great moment. And then, of course, the Brian, Brian, <laughs> calls, uh, Brian. <laughs> uh, yes. So I'm leaning towards giving him a, a little a little bump this week. I'm all right with okay that. With I'm absolutely absolutely okay with that. With an eight. Good. We'll give him an eight. Perfect. All right, uh, the Julie Taylor Hatometer. We've spoken pretty highly of Julie already. Um, how highly are we we thinking about Julie this week? So if we're saying a obviously a ten is the highest, and we've dipped into the negatives, so we'll say a negative ten is the absolute lowest yeah. that she could go, the most likable that she can be. I, I will just I want to point out here as I'm looking at our spreadsheet of the the data from the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. We have gone negative two a couple times. Our absolute best rating we've given Julie is a negative four. Okay. So just keep that in mind. I was going to give her a negative seven. Ooh. We yeah. like Julie. We like Julie. We we empathize with Julie. Yes. But I think the things that... I think if we didn't have that Tyra influence... And we love Tyra. We do. We do. We're not speaking well of Tyra. We understand her life situation, where she's coming from. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. But if she didn't have that, if there was no Tyra storyline involving her shoplifting, Mm. getting grandma drunk, and Julie (laughs) being complacent or complicit in both of those things. Yep. I think Julie Taylor might be looking at a negative 10, but... Yeah, we can't but, do it though. We can't. No, do that. we we absolutely can't do that. And yeah, she's so she's she loses a few points from empathy for making some bad calls. Yep. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say a negative seven based on based on all of that. All right. I I think that is great logic. I think that's that's the right call. Um. Yeah, Julie, way to go. We love you. Yes. We'll go with the negative seven for this week. Amy Teagarden, come on the show. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll, we'll keep saying it. Um, if you're listening to this, please tag Amy Teagarden in our yes. comment threads or whatever. Um, we'd love to have you. And maybe by the time that you're listening to this episode in like 
two months after we record this. <laughs> she, yeah. Maybe she's maybe she's already oh recorded God. a session with us. Who I knows? Can, but I can only imagine. Let's hope for it. All right. Uh, I'm excited about the next category, too. We have had, let's see, we have had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks of Tim Riggins being on the wagon, being sober, not drinking any beers, not contributing to the big rig beer tally, which was maybe my like category that I was most excited about at the beginning of this Mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. I did not remember that he had such a long period of, of being, being uh, dry in that whole time period, but we're back at it. You kept better score of the Tim of the big rig beer tally. So what do we got? Yeah. So here's what I came up with. We had, we see Tim finish a beer and crack another one Yep. at the fire with his dad. So that's two. That's two. We see two more empties on the table. That's two four. Empties. And dad's not drinking. Dad's not he's drinking. sober. So that's four. Uh, yes. So we've got four total. As soon as Tim gets back, he cracks a beer before the rally girls come and get him. So, and he takes the beer with him. Yep. We so there's. He finishes it. Yep, beer number five. And oh. then at the party, we see him carrying a red solo cup. So that's a six pack. Sixer for Tim. Yes. At least. No. At least. Making up for lost time. Yes, the triumphant return. Hooray. That's really great. I'm really, <laughs> really glad to hear it, Tim. So that puts us at a solid 30 beers on the season. We were previously at 24. So Killing 30. Is, Tim has killed a rack at this point. Had a boy. All right. Um, music cues this episode. Um, I had one. Okay. The song that plays over the end uh, of the episode before, like before Pa Riggins shows up, like when they're in the line and stuff. Uh, it's a song called I Remember by Chris Brokaw. Uh, they kind of stood out to me. So I had to Shazam it. I wasn't familiar with it, but it was a pretty pretty good song. All right. Our outdated pop culture reference of the week. I feel like we got to go with Leno on that. Yeah, we got to go. Child, where you been? It's almost time for Leno. So back in 2006, 2007, what was your late night talk show host of choice? Conan, always. Absolutely. Give me any year, it's Conan. Not even close. It's Conan Uh, O'Brien. I would, I did not, follow conan to tbs i did you did you stuck <laughs> for with the, him. for the for the first like two or three years i okay. did yeah. until i moved to brookings so probably like the first three years okay yeah no i have very very vivid memories of high school staying up super late when yes. i slept in the basement of my parents house uh watching conan o'brien i did get into and in retrospect he's terrible but craig kilborn i watched craig kilborn okay. for a while um, but then I think I, I feel like I only watched Craig Kilborn until I discovered Conan. Right. It was like, oh, geez, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm watching. Yeah. Conan. I don't I know Kermit if the frog puking and <laughs> the masturbating bear and stuff like that. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. And I've thought about this a lot. Like, I, I think a lot about the things that have shaped my humor over the years. Mm-hmm. And I was, as you know, I was a huge Simpsons kid. I'm still a huge yep. Simpsons guy to this yep. day. And obviously Conan wrote for the Simpsons in his mm-hmm. early uh, seasons. And I was into the Simpsons before I was into Conan. Um, but yeah, like when I think of late night shows, I was, um, I was really into Conan. 
in retrospect, I wish I was more into Letterman than I was as a kid because I feel like yes. he was doing some real weird stuff. Yes. My dad was super, he loved Letterman. So I did watch a lot of Letterman. And yeah, those segments that he would do, like just weird, but yeah. fantastic. Yeah. He, he is, man, I, I did not appreciate, I'll be the first to admit, I did not appreciate David Letterman until it was too late because it's hard to go back and find a lot of that stuff and know what's yeah. really the, the, the real cream of the crop. Yeah. But Conan, I was on board with. Um, I don't know if you knew this. But uh, Zach Galifianakis, before he was like 10 years before The Hangover almost, okay, he had a late night talk show on BH1 called <laughs> Late World with Zach. <laughs> and it lasted maybe like 15 to 30 episodes because, you know, obviously nightly. Uh, uh, and it was so funny and I was so, so into it. Um, <laughs> and I, I was a huge uh, Galifianakis fan before. Uh, yeah. Before he hit it big, like it was probably like the year he was in Bubble Boy, so like 2002. <laughs> I forgot that he had like a that. bit part in Bubble Boy, yeah. um, when he was still coming up. But man, uh, he had he was doing some real weird, uh, fun yeah. stuff. So, yeah. yeah, as far as uh, late night guys, Conan is my absolute peak. Yeah. Um, but Galifianakis, man, he he had a, a really really funny show on VH1 of all channels. Um, yeah. But now, as I've talked about with you, Jesus and Miro on Showtime are my my dudes. They're yeah, so right funny. On. They actually had, I'll send you, um, they actually had Letterman on like a month or two ago. Oh, yeah. Or no, it was more than that because it was before the pandemic. Um, but uh, they did like a half hour interview with him and it's great. <laughs> nice. So. Uh, did it get any better than Triumph, the insult comic dog in 2006, 2000, no. like that whole era? Earlier than that, even. I yeah. had the best of uh, Triumph, the insult comic dog DVD yes. that came out in probably like 2004, too, 2005. Yep. Um, I also had a Triumph, the insult comic dog t shirt in high school, <laughs> nice. uh, like my freshman and junior year of high school. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I remember. There was a, I bet it was for either uh, Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones, where he went to a movie, a uh, Star <laughs> yes, Wars movie premiere, and absolutely. it is just gold. Yep, yep. For me to poop on. <laughs> I still use that one. <laughs> right on. Okay, good. So that's Leno is our outdated yes. pop culture <laughs> <laughs> reference of the week. Uh, which brings us to quote of the episode. And I feel like you took a little better notes this episode. So I'll let you kind of lead the the charge here on picking out a quote of the episode. Yeah. So I think I've only written, I only wrote down two. Um, well, I guess technically three and we've mentioned them all. Um, the first being, uh, Hey, if you find him, tell him I want my Conway Twitty back. They don't <laughs> sell him at target no more. Yeah. Second one being, Jason is a quadriplegic. I know that's not a PC to say that, <laughs> but I have to think about my daughter. Uh, my buddy Garrity. Buddy Garrity actually being PC for once in his life, but claiming it's not PC. <laughs> it's not, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, Mama Smash saying, child, where you been? It's almost time for Leno. So <laughs> right those on. are the three that I wrote down. I think I would also like to just nominate uh, Coach Taylor simply, Brian. Brian, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go to the end zone and give me 20 suicides, bro. 
Yeah. Uh, man, I don't, yeah. Nothing super stand out, all super solid. What do you, what are you feeling like? What do we go with? I think maybe the Conway Twitty. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm leaning. Hold on. Yeah. I don't know. The Jason is quadriplegic. I know that's not PC to say it's really good too. <laughs> but all right. I'll put them both down. It's, it's, uh, this isn't necessarily a, a category where we have to nail something. So, all right. I believe that leaves us with our rating for the episode overall. Did we do Buddy Garrity Sleazeball move? Oh, my goodness. How could we forget (laughs) the Buddy Garrity Sleazeball move of the week? Uh, We we definitely have one here this week. So, yeah, what do you have? I have um, him crapping all over quad rugby. That's that's the pick. One hundred percent. It's it's a total dick move. Like yeah. he is being unnecessarily cruel to a paralyzed quadriplegic, but not really quadriplegic. Man. <laughs> paraplegic. <laughs> yeah. Paraplegic. So that, yeah. Come on, buddy. Come on. Do better. It's not the lowest you've ever stooped or nor the lowest <laughs> you will. Stoop. Yeah. But you don't but. need to, to kick a man when he's literally down. So, yeah. All right. So that I believe leaves us with our our episode rating for the week. Yes, um, I'm going to give this a strong seven, a high seven. Yeah, I, that's that's what I was thinking too. It's a it's a solid episode. It's nothing special, but it's not it's not like a a downer or anything like that. So just good. I feel like yeah. the kind of the baseline for Friday Night Lights is about a seven. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that about we need to wrap this up. We need to wrap this episode up. It's 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 gone too long already. I'm sure Angie's out in the living room pissed off at me. Yeah. Uh that this is taking too long. So we'll 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 call it an episode. Can can I to wrap things up, can I just ask, do you have any uh insight into why it might be called upping the ante? Um or I think when Tim and Paul Riggins make a bet, they oh, say duh. upping the ante. Yeah, yep, yep, they, yep, they, yep. they mention upping the ante. So, so it's yeah, it's they're not actually playing poker, but they are gambling. So they use the gambling. Okay, all right. Well, there you go. That's upping the ante, episode four of Friday Night Lights. Uh, if you episode fourteen, <laughs> what did I say? You said episode four. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, if you stuck with us this long, uh, God bless you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> We appreciate it. And we'll see you next week for episode. Shout out to our listeners in Japan and Australia. (laughs) Thanks for hanging with us. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.